0: The year was 2010 in December of 2010. I thought it would be a good idea to celebrate our 10-year anniversary by going on a cruise. Have you ever been on a cruise? Anybody ever been on a cruise? Okay, good. Well, it just so happened it was my good fortune that uh, a group from um, all over North America, a group of Adventist young people from all over North America were going on a mission trip cruise. So I'm sure you've heard about it because I'm sure I've talked about it before, but they have this thing called Cruise with a Mission where they invite people from all over to uh, get on a boat, go on a cruise, a regular cruise, but at every stop, I exit the boat and do some missionary work. Um, so my friends were going, our friends were going, and I thought, well, we'll just tag along. Fantastic. Foolproof plan. Everything was going well. Uh, most of these cruises l- leave or port out of uh, the other side of the states, you know, down in Florida where there's always good weather, or so they say, uh, even though it was the winter time. Uh, We were uh, scheduled to leave out of, uh, I believe it was Tampa. Yeah, out of Tampa. And so we took a flight over, did all that stuff, got on the boat. Everything was going great. And if you've ever been on a cruise, especially one that's going to the Caribbean, when you leave the dock, they have a um, sort of like a bon voyage party. And uh, it's fantastic. Everyone gets on the top deck. There is music playing, usually in those steel drums. Can you can you hear a steel drum? You know what steel drum sounds like? Ding! I can't make the sound, but you know what I'm talking about. It's that sound that lets you know that you are on vacation. You know that that the steel drum sound, uh, the music is playing. <clears throat> uh, they're handing out uh, drinks. Ours were obviously just smoothies, and uh, we were just having a good time. Everything was going great. Everything. And then the the boat leaves, and you wave goodbye moving so slowly. Everything was going fantastic uh, that night uh, with our friends, uh, people from, from cruise with a mission. We were having a great time uh, until it got dark. And if you've ever been on a cruise, your boats just kind of go out to, into the deep water and you don't see much light, you don't see much of anything. And everything was going fantastic until the boat began to sway the boat began to sway because it was our anniversary i had even upgraded i had upgraded you know trying to do it right and uh we had this um room that had a balcony so uh, we had invited some friends over to check out our room and so we were in our room hanging out having a good time and then the boat began to sway like not like music sway but really began to sway and the winds began to howl and we were having a good time like i said it's all fun and games until the food that you ordered starts sliding off the table and onto the floor. And we said, what's going on? And then, and then the thing began to really sway. For a while, uh, David and I, we were, we were you know, pretending we were surfing. The girls weren't having as much fun. But then the boat went all the way to one side and it just stayed there. It's called listing. When the boat just goes so far, it won't come back. And the boat listed. And we were on its side. And then we started to panic. We were leaning over like this. Oh, no. And we opened the door and people were screaming, running to and fro, glass breaking. Have you ever been in a storm? In a big storm? Well, we'd never really been, uh, we'd been cruising once, but we didn't really n- know too much. But uh, apparently, uh, you know, normal swaying is fine. But when the storms hit and the boat list, this is a big deal. And the reason we knew it was a big deal is because when we started making our way through the hallways, the crew, you know the crew, if you've ever been on a cruise... You never see the crew in the dorm in the rooms. They're usually hiding. They come out when you're not there and they clean your room. And they they sneak back into the walls. I don't know how they do it. But the crew was out and they were hugging each other. So when the people that live on the boat are hugging each other, then you know something's not right. <laughs> It turns out, you know, it was a really bad storm. People were flying. The uh, all the fragrances fell in the in the uh, souvenir shop. The casinos, chips were everywhere. It was it was a mess. Uh, really bad the storm. Uh, but I remember being in it and thinking this is fun until it was no fun anymore. Until you start to think, what if, what if we're all gonna. We're all going to drown. Have you ever been in a storm? Today's scripture is about a storm. It's a familiar one, and I want you to read it with me. It's, it's in Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> and uh, it's a familiar story, but I want you to th- uh, read it with me for a second and, and open your eyes and, and your hearts and your minds to maybe something new that God wants to share with you today. It's found in, in, in Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 35. And the Bible says in verse 35, that that day when the evening came, Jesus turns to his disciples and he said, let's go over to the other side. As you know, you're familiar, Jesus spent most of his public ministry sharing and teaching, doing good things for people. And on this occasion it appears that Jesus had spent all day uh, sharing, teaching. If you read the rest of Mark, the previous, uh, the previous verses, you'll find some of the most uh, memorable parables that Jesus was was teaching there. And and, and and the evening came, the Bible says that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. It's possible that he was tired, or maybe his plan was to do some teaching on the other side of this the sea, their sea, the Lake of Galilee. And the Bible tells us that when he told them, let's go to the other side, they got into the boat, they left the crowds behind... And, and, and just began to sail. The Bible says there in verse 36 that there were also other people trying to get in their boats and going across. But a furious squall came up, verse 37, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, I don't know how big a boat this was. And as I've confessed on many occasions, me and the ocean, you know, we're not best friends. I like going to the beach, but you know, like the deep ocean, not so much. Um, it just feels so scary, uh, to me, the underwater, the sea, sea creatures. I don't know. You you guys don't find them frightening fish are just scary to me you know they have all weird shapes eels and even sharks and whales i don't like but anyway uh the whole ocean thing is is nebulous and scary to me and i i don't know how big their boat was but even on a giant boat like this cruise ship there's a certain amount of anxiety and fear when you look over the side and you see nothing but deep dark it almost feels black water in their particular case, the Bible tells us that they were traveling by nights, which means there would have been a little bit to see, and obviously they didn 't have flashlights and those kinds of things. And the Bible says here that essentially, as they were sailing into the nights, a furious squall that means the winds and the waves begin to rise and begin to move, and the boat probably began to rock. maybe it listed i 'm not quite sure. but in their case, the Bible tells us that the waves would break over the boat and begin to fill it. And on this cruise ship that I was on uh, during the daytime, you can see at the, you know, the the cruise ship is fairly big. But in the front, um, it's it's low as it's kind of cutting. But the waves rarely rise up high enough. You know, these boats are enormous. Um, Theirs was probably more like a fishing boat, something smaller, more nimble, able to move around in order to catch fish. But the waves rose and began to uh, crash over the sides and began to fill the boat. And the Bible says here that it was nearly swamped. Now, what you know, because we've talked about this before, is that uh, several of Jesus' disciples were fishermen by trade. That means they were accustomed to this uh, type of stuff. To be in a boat, to be in a squall, to be in waves, to be under uh, pressure from the, from the water is not something that would be new to them. Uh, some of them were professional fishermen. That's where Jesus found them to begin with. But the Bible says here that while this was uh, taking place, Jesus was in the stern, uh, sleeping on a cushion. Maybe you've seen a drawing or a a depiction of this. I'm not quite sure if it's accurate. You know, a tiny little sailboat and Jesus on a pillow just kind of like being low to sleep. I'm not sure. Maybe it was bigger than what they picture. Maybe not. Maybe it really was a tiny little boat. We're not quite sure. But what we do know is that while the storm began to rise, Jesus was not disturbed. Let me say that again. While the storm began to rise Jesus was not disturbed the Bible says here sleeping on a cushion or a pillow but the disciples were disturbed and the disciples woke him and they said to him teacher don't you care if we drown you've heard this before you've read this you know what's going to happen but just for a moment there put yourself in their shoes You have just been witnessing and listening to him talk about the kingdom of God. Talk about how God can do things that other people don't believe is possible. They have just listened to him talk about how uh, with Jesus' help, small things can grow into big things. With Jesus' help... We can begin to see things that God wants to show that we do not think were ever going to be possible. And, and, and yet when they're in this boat here, as the waves begin to rise, they see Jesus undisturbed, and that bothers them. <clears throat> because if you read and you listen to what they're saying here, yes, they are concerned about the storm. Yes, they are concerned about that. But notice what they said, teacher, don't you care Don't you care? Rather than saying, Jesus, hey, get up, help us bail things out. We're going to drown. They say, don't you care? Friends, this is the challenge if you're in a storm right now. Because when the storms rise and the waters rise, we are disturbed because we begin to think that God doesn't care. Or that God is not watching or that God is not paying attention or that God has forgotten us that he is ignorant to our situation and so we say God don't you care Jesus was not disturbed by the waves but the disciples were it was more troubling to me and if I'm honest what's more relatable to me is that they were troubled At the idea that Jesus didn't care. See, friends, we're all in storms of one shape or another. Maybe you're in the middle of one right now. Maybe you're in a season of uncertainty where your life is being tossed around. And I know the temptation is to say, God, don't you care? Don't you care? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? There's some strong accusations there. It's fascinating contradiction. On the one hand, they they, they they refer to him as teacher or someone more important, someone more special. But then, <clears throat> but then in, in, in the second phrase, they basically undermine that 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 word of affirmation because teachers teachers do care, right? I mean, that's what. That's what makes a good teacher, a good rabbi, a good pastor, a good leader, someone who protects and cares for those that are under their influence. So they're like, you're supposed to be taking care of us, teacher, but you're not. And I think that's how we react to storms sometimes. We say to God, you're supposed to be getting me out of this situation. You're supposed to be preventing these things, but you're not. So I call you God, but I don't really believe that you are, at least not For me, at least not right now. Teacher, don't you care that we drown? And Jesus got up, and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet and be still. Familiar words. You know this. You've heard this. And and maybe you've pictured it in your mind. Maybe he got up and he yelled, and maybe he snapped his fingers. I'm not quite sure. But fascinatingly, the wind died down, and it was completely calm. The wind died down. See, storms don't bother Jesus. But he doesn't always prevent them. Did you notice that? Jesus is in the boat. He's living through the storm. He is fully human as you and I are. He's experiencing the tossing and about. He's just not disturbed by it. The Bible says he got up and said, Quiet be still and everything just settled down and then he turned to his disciples and he asks the real question it's not the winds and the storm outside it's the storm inside that he's concerned about and he says to his disciples why are you so afraid do you still have no faith see friends You have to make a decision. We have to make a decision. We either believe in a God who takes our little bit of faith and allows us to overcome obstacles and allows us to overcome situations and allows us to survive and live through storms, or we believe in a God who is incapable of that. And you have to make a decision. And the decision that you make will determine the outcome of your storm. See, Jesus doesn't prevent the storm, but he rides in the boat with them. Jesus will not always change the circumstances. In this moment, he does. He settles the wind. He settles the waves. But then what he's really concerned about is not the storm raging outside, but the one raging inside. The one that's happening inside of our hearts sometimes when we're doubting, when we're concerned, when we're uncertain. where we want to believe, but we're not so sure. Where we've forgotten that God has gotten us through in the past, and Jesus says, "Why are you still so afraid? Why do you continue to doubt? Why do you continue to wonder? Why do you have no faith? Why are you so afraid? The Bible tells us that the disciples were terrified. They were scared about drowning. <laughs> But now they're terrified—a different word, a very different emotion—because they said to each other, "Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him?" No. Friends, <clears throat> we we have a Jesus who can tell the storms to be quiet, and be, so we have a Jesus who, by the sound of His word, can change everything. But He won't always. And yet we must trust that in his wisdom, he knows what he's up to. He knows that you are in the middle of a storm. He knows that you're struggling with something. He knows. And just because you are living it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. In fact, in fact, listen, your biggest storm is your greatest opportunity to exercise faith. Your biggest storm is your greatest opportunity to exercise faith. When we're living peaceful lives, when we've got no problems, we also tend to ignore our need of God. We also tend to forget that we rely on him. Everything in our world is provided by him. And we get lost in this idea that we are in control of our own destiny. We get lost in this idea that we are uh, shaping our own futures and making our own lives, that it's up to us. But I have come to believe that my life is not my own. And I am challenging you to believe the same. Our life doesn't belong to us. It was bought for, paid for. With a heavy price. Jesus has saved us from our own choosing. Jesus has saved us from the outcome of our choices, both individually and as a people. And now he says, if you trust in me, if you believe in me, then I will take you through. You don't have to be afraid. The winds will rise, the waves will rise, but I will be with you. And if I'm with you, and if I am for you, then there is nothing that can be against you. See, friends, it doesn't mean that your circumstances will change. Sometimes he does. I believe in a God who does miracles. He still does it today. I know it. I have proof. But even if he doesn't do a miracle in this situation, I will still believe in him because I know he is for me. He is for my good. In this moment here, that the disciples not panicked. They would have weathered the storm. They would have moved through. Jesus is, in fact, the teacher and the rabbi that we wish him to be. He is that and more. But will we trust him? And so he asks, why are you so afraid? Friends, it's the storm inside that's the most difficult to weather. The storm inside. You know this already. Seasons come and seasons go. The place that you're in right now is temporary, whatever that may be. Whether it's a difficult job situation, a relationship. Life is like a constant ebbs and flows. Seasons come and seasons will go. It's the storm inside that determines how you will live through them. And Jesus has not come to make it easier and to take everything away. No, it's in fact sometimes in the struggle that our characters are shaped. That our honesty and our faithfulness is forged. It's the storm inside that he's concerned with. And so he's asking a question to you and to me. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Ask yourself this question today as the worship team comes and joins me and we prepare to sing our song. Is there something that's got you troubled? Are you in the middle of a storm, the circumstances? But, but why are you afraid? If Jesus is for you, if Jesus is for you, then none of this no matter what kind of toll it takes, determines your eternal future and your outcome. None of this determines your personal value. If you're struggling at work or in your marriage or wherever it is, that does not have to be your defining factor. Your defining factor should be the knowledge that Jesus gave his life for you, that you matter to him that much. Jesus, don't you know? Don't you care? And his answer is, yes, I care so much I paid for it with my blood. Do you believe in that, Jesus? If you do, friends, just say it to yourself. I don't have to be afraid. The song that we will sing is one of my favorites. It's been my, the song of my heart these last several months. As I'm moving into this new year, I'm challenging you to adopt it too. I don't have to be afraid. To be honest, I'm just being honest. I'm tired of running scared and wondering and anticipating. Because I think that sometimes in that fear, we hesitate to even step into the blessings that God has in store for us. So I'm done with that. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it because Jesus is on my side. He's in my boat, just like he is in yours. And whether the storms rise outside, it doesn't matter. This storm can be quieted by the words of Jesus. I am for you, not against you. Would you please stand and sing with us? Your love never fails.